Hey, 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 closet busters and bold move makers. It is time once again for Life Uncloset. So I want you to gather around because it is time once again to kick down those closet doors of your life. We're here to escape our BS, explore our fears, and elevate our self-expression. I'm your host, Rick Clemens. I'm the bold move expert and that coming out guy who's going to take you to the party, the pulpit, the wake, and back to the party of living your life uncloset. So come on along with me and grab hold of yourself and get ready to step out, step up, and step into facing your fears, making your bold moves, and living life without apologies. Now let's get to the show. Hey, 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 Life Uncloseted family. It is time once again for Life Uncloseted, the podcast where we talk about all kinds of coming out stories, everything from coming out of the closet about your sexuality to coming out of the closet to say, this guy's got to go. He can no longer be our president. And that's why we're doing this very special edition of Life Uncloseted, because you've heard it said, we've talked all about this on the news, everywhere you seem to go, it's either you're totally, he's staying, or you're like, nope, he's out of here. And we felt like it was really important to address this vote for your life moment we are in. So many things are on the line, whether it be your own individual feeling about healthcare or being a woman and being able to have control of your own body, whether it might be LGBTQ rights or the racial tensions or the finances, everything is on the line this year. And because of that, one of my good friends who always brings me amazing guests, he said, I've got this cool singing folk pop duo that you might want to talk to for just a little bit if you have time to squeeze them in. And I was like, Jeff, I am book solid, man. He goes, but they have a song about Trump in the election. I said, absolutely, we're bringing them on. So I want to introduce my my fan base to a new duo, Ashley Morgan and John Flanagan. Their little duo is called Fault Lines. And I have to tell you, their new song, Rain, which just came out this past Friday, is amazing. Any of you who are not Trump fans, you probably want to go take a good listen to it and hear the words and the vibe and the energy behind it. So I'm going to shut the fuck up and I'm going to bring Ashley Morgan and John Flanagan on to the Life Uncloseted podcast. Welcome you two. So glad to have you here today. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you so much for having us. This is awesome. Yeah. So I know you just woke up like one day and said, screw this, we're going to write this song, but I'm not sure that's actually how it all came about, is it? Oh, it's actually, yeah, it was, uh, I, it was the, the song initially started getting written in the nights after the 2016 election. I just couldn't sleep. I was waking up like I was, I kept thinking they were nightmares, but I'd wake up and it was, nope, Trump was actually elected. Uh, and there goes everything that we've fought so hard for in the last eight years. Um, you know, as an independent musician, I am on, uh, you know, I'm on the, the, you know, California care out here in California. For, yeah. If you're a little, you don't know what that is, but cover California. Um, as an independent contra- contractor, I work for myself. So it finally gave me an option of having um, like assistance with health insurance. And that was a massive thing that happened uh, while Obama was president. And uh, as a gay artist, and I'm sure many of the listeners of this podcast can relate to marriage equality was passed during that administration. Um, and so many advances were made that were massively helpful to my life that it felt like they were going to slip away so quickly. Um, one of the cool things is that since 2016, it's become apparent that 
women will organize to march and the Black Lives Matter movement will get together to march, that the LGBTQ community will turn our pride parades into resistance marches and that people aren't going to let this all just slip away overnight. However, the song honestly is just as relevant as it was when those lyrics first initially started coming to me. Um, and it, this was kind of the perfect time for us to release this protest anthem. I love it. And it is truly, truly, truly a protest anthem with heart and soul. So Ashley, where did you kind of come into this other than your beautiful voice singing so much of the lyrics on this? But um, where did you come into the picture on this? Um, well, we had already been a band together for a couple years. Um, and when John, well, after the election, John came to me with this song and was like, I have this idea. And it's, he kind of was singing it. We were driving to a gig, I think, and we were like singing it together. Um, but there was each verse um, discusses different rights. You know, the first verses discusses women's rights. And that was going to be the one that I was to sing. And I to be honest, before the 2016 election, never really got too involved in politics. I'm really like peace and like I debating is tough for me and I just want to be friends with everybody and I want everybody one love. And um, I honestly thought it was a joke when Trump, when I heard Trump was running for president. I was like, this cannot be serious. And then the more I heard him speak and the more all the rhetoric and um, the division that was happening, I was just like, this cannot be happening. And it just got worse and worse and worse. And when he became president, I I realized that if I, I wanted to do this song, but if I was to sing it, I really needed to know like what it meant for me. Um, like what, what are my rights that are being, um, you know, being jeopardized. And um, that was when there was the first women's march. So I decided to participate in my first ever protest march which was the most incredible thing I've ever experienced. Um, and it's just all been downhill from there. Wow. Ashley, Ashley has become the one in the group completely addicted to these rallies <laughs> and these protest marches. I so, go to all of them. She does. I'll, she'll be like, you want to come to this thing with me at, at 8 a.m.? We're, we're organizing. We're getting up at 6. Everybody's uh -huh. rallying at 7 a.m. And I'm like, I'm still a musician. I'm right. No, right. I'm going to be up that early. <laughs> the energy that you feel at these Place. it's just so much love and so much positivity and it's like everybody's coming together and I, I love it it is and and even though it can be somewhat scary and questioning at times I know when when marriage equality was happening my husband and I and our daughters were right out there on the front lines and there were a couple of times that you know people drove by and said some stuff I'm like I don't know as a father if I want my kids here and then I said something one night to them and they're like, why wouldn't we be here, dad? And, and they weren't super young, but they were young enough that I was like, I just don't want them getting hurt, you know? Yeah. But yet now, if you were to talk to either one of our daughters and especially our youngest one, she is like frontline. She's been at every Black Lives Matters thing that's happened here in San Luis Obispo. Our other daughter's been on the front lines up in Santa Cruz doing her stuff. And they would both say, Thank you, dads, for showing us what it means to truly stand up and have a voice and not just roll over and go, oh, well, this is just the way it is, you know, and I'm concerned that so many people still are kind of like, oh, well, this is just the way it is. And I hope by listening to music like what you two have produced and just having these conversations, we can open up some people's, you know, get some fire under their ass, like you're still going to go vote don't, don't, don't screw this up this year, you know? So, um, so Ashley obviously is a woman. 
there's some stuff on the line for you other than the obvious, but I just always like having these conversations like, okay, so you're a woman. So then, you know, whether you're on the one side or the other about abortion or not, I don't think it's just about that. I think there's so much more. So what's something for you as a woman that you feel like is truly on the line? Um, I mean, ultimately it is the big thing on the line is a woman's right to her body and her right to, you know, to choose um, her own path of health. Um, the bottom line is no matter what you feel about abortion, it's not anybody else's decision to make. We can't force moral laws, moral decisions onto other people because you have no idea like what each individual woman is going through. You don't know where she is. Does she have healthcare? And I'm very frustrated that there's this stance of like being pro-birth and it's not, and calling it pro-life when it's not really pro-life, you just force these women to have babies and then don't do anything to take care of them after. And then they're just left. It's not pro-life at all. And that's when I, the more I thought about that, the more frustrated I got. And, and I don't know if I will ever be in a position like that. I don't know, but I, if I were, I would like the right to choose. And I would like, you know, my sisters, my, my friends, and I, I ultimately it's, it's up to the woman. I think it's so much bigger too. And I'm glad that you positioned it the way you did because I've had these conversations with my own daughters and you know, they're neither one like, Hey, I'm not going to comment on what I would do at this point. But what I do know is I don't want anybody telling me what I am entitled to do with my body and my life. And I think people miss that whole piece. This isn't just about that particular thing in that moment that that woman's having to make this choice because if suddenly this becomes what people are enabled to do because of a government regulation wake up people it's just one step into something that you don't think they should be getting involved in either and i love all the anti-maskers and everybody like but it's my right really (laughs) (laughs) I just want to fucking strangle you people because this is the same concept, but why can't, I don't understand why they can't get it. And I'm afraid that's what's happened in the, is this cultish Trumpish era that we unfortunately are barely surviving in. They don't see the correlation that if this can happen to this particular group, it can happen to anybody for any reason. And they seem to be missing that. So And John, I know, (laughs) gay man to gay man, we know what's on the line, but is there something beyond just the like, hey, the gay rights, the gay marriage, all this stuff that you feel like is even something beyond the norm that you've thought of through this crazy asinine era we're living in? Well, I think that there's something truly nefarious about about the way that Trump has positioned himself as the first pro-gay president. Uh, you, You continuously read this, and in fact, he's been holding, or rather his family have been holding Trump pride rallies, but they don't say anything about the gay community or the LGBTQ community, but it is the, the idea that these people, um, that the that members of the gay community who support Trump can go to those, those events, but the people who are sort of part of the fundamentalist Christian or, um, uh, you know, that th- they won't be able to look up, oh, what, like, was ho- Trump holding, like, gay, is, is pro-gay rallies, and it won't really show up because they don't mention gay anywhere or LGBTQ anywhere in their rhetoric for these things. Yep. Now, that is, to me, that's just, like, it's so 
obvious and yet still so sneaky. And it's just, I can't, I, I can't fathom why, why there has been so much support for Donald Trump in the LGBTQ community. I don't think that it's the norm, but I do think that there has been a, a, a pretty decent amount of it. Um, and I think that it probably comes down to people's personal finances and maybe just maybe a really below the surface misogyny that does kind of exist when you have two men in a relationship and you don't really necessarily have to think about a lot of other uh you know other people like you don't have a woman's perspective in the home necessarily um you know there's a lot of competing theories as to why that sort of might occur that somebody could kind of vote against their own self-interests in voting for somebody like donald trump um but i think that it's a dangerous thing to get back to my original point because I know I am circling around a thousand different tornado of ideas. Uh, it is a dangerous thing to, to let him get away with calling himself the first pro-gay president-elect in American history when he is going to do things like remove trans members of the military because I, the guys being that it's too expensive to, um, to pay for their medication um, when the Viagra budget in yes. the U.S. military is absolutely astronomical. It's through the roof. It's unbelievable what the, 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 the amount of money will pour into the most silly, silly mm -hmm. medications and that we won't for the trans community. We won't support them. We won't have their back. Um, that is, it's, it's really, it's a really foul time. And I know that the, you know, that the, what is it? They're called the joint commanders in chief, I believe, you know, the, yeah head of the, each of the divisions of the military, they do not support this measure. And all we need to reverse this is to put somebody else in the White House who's not going to run on this kind of exclusion agenda. And that's exactly what it is. It's a complete exclusion agenda everywhere you look. It's as long as you and Lindsey Graham said something just in the last week, which I'd like to just fry his ass on the fire too. But um, it's like, well, you can be black and everything in the South as long as you're conservative and act like the rest of us. This is such an exclusionary administration at this point. As long as, long as you fit into this box, we'll love you. And back to our own LGBTQ community, those who are supporting it, you, you kind of alluded to it, John, and I think you hit the nail on the head. It's all about their money. As long as you don't touch my money, I'm okay with you. But if you're gonna to touch my money, then I'm not sure I wanna do this. And I've had some debates with some friends and I actually have lost a couple of friends because I just flat out said, your money is more important than your right to be yourself. That's the way it is. And I didn't really give a shit that they didn't want to talk to me after that. Cause I'm like, it's okay. People come and people go. Right. But I'd rather have some people who really want to be in my life because they want to be in my life than to say, well, but you know, the Democrats and da da da, they're going to take this and they're going to take that. It's like, yes, but you're going to lose your rights. You don't seem to get this. The bigger picture is about taking away a whole bunch of rights that we've worked and fought so hard for. And I think on both fronts, you know, having both of you on the show here, that's what we're demonstrating. This is about people's rights. This is about people's ability to live life their own way without somebody getting in the midst of it. And I realize, you know, the anti-maskers could be listening to this, not that I think they would, but they'd be like, but that's getting in my way. Well, kinda yes, but kinda no, because that little mask is actually helping us 
keep humanity from disappearing altogether. So there's just so many things. So when you guys think about this song and the impact it could be having, and either one of you can answer however you want to do this, what's your greatest hope that this song could, you know, do for humanity? Um, I mean, I hope that the least it could do is give someone an open mind and consider people other than themselves. Cause I think that that's, when I think of anti-maskers and just people who care only about money in general, it's, they don't care about other people's rights. They only care about, or they only care about when politics, when it affects them, when like it, money seems to be just the biggest issue. And I hope that what rain can do is and the whole, um, I don't know if you've seen the music video or just heard the song, but we have a music video where um, we wear these blindfolds and it kind of symbolizes this blind patriotism. And yep. as we each, um, become a, we each sing our verses and become aware to injustices that are happening around us or rights that are being taken away. Um, we take our blindfolds off at the end of the verse and it kind of, I hope that people who listen to it will take their own blindfolds off and that the more we become aware with other people, the more we can love each other and actually live in a society that builds people up instead of making things impossible for certain groups. Anything you want to add, John? Or did she cover it very well? And you're just like flabbergasted that she just so good at this. She's of course incredible. Um, I would say that my short term, short, short, I can't speak. I would say my short term goal for the song would be to get it in enough ears and maybe enough people who are kind of feeling a bit moderate at the present moment, which I know, I feel like most people are polarized and most people kind of are going into the election season knowing, but anybody in the middle who kind of just needs that little push to understand this is what's at stake. The song is one of the simplest lyrics I've ever written. It just, it, I just drive home what is at stake in this song. And so I hope that somebody who hears it can really latch on to the simplicity of the message and, and understand this is a big deal. This, is a, yeah. this, is, this affects everybody. I remember the first time I was listening to it and just the start of the song. And I'm, I'm like a huge, just like theater, like geek and all this and and Hamilton is just like one of those that just gives me chills and as soon as I started hearing the beginning of your song I got the same kind of chills because it's like this is an anthem this is like you can tell it's going somewhere and then as I was listening to it and suddenly whatever two minutes and 30 seconds into it it's like okay it's done I was like okay but there's got to be more right <laughs> because it was so simple but it was like it had that just continuing like we're pushing this concept this is the message this is the message and it was very simple but it was something that grabbed me and like okay every time now i hear at the very beginning i think it, it's it's um you ashley that's starting the beginning there just the humming and i'm like this becomes one of those that it, i'm hoping it will move people to like think about the most patriotic thing other than the flag or the national anthem that could make you want to move and make you say enough is enough. This is what I see in this song. And I, and I hope that's what people do see because we are voting and fighting for our lives. At least those of us who seem to have any sense and sensibility right now. Um, but I feel like for me, if the question got reversed, what is, you know, I feel most at stake is humanity. Humanity is on the line right now, because if this happens for another four years, I don't, you know, I hate to see 
I hate to see where we as a human race are because I think all the chess pieces are in play so many places across the globe right now waiting to see what happens with lovely little America. Mm, agreed. And it's a very scary feeling. Absolutely agreed. I think that our, our, our politics have a global impact. Um, and the example we set of nationalism has been a ripple, has had a ripple effect across European nations, across, um, across the, entire, the entire globe. And if we become a place where we've closed off our, our borders and we've closed off our hearts, I think we do lose the character of the nation. We lose the morality of the American story. There is no moral at the end of the tale. So how have you or will you handle any backlash that you get from this song? Oh, so just so you all know, you can't see what just happened here. But John literally reached over and poked, poked Ashley on the arm like, that's yours. I loved it. I loved it. It was so cute. But anyway, go ahead. I don't know. I mean, that's going to be, we've definitely received backlash before, you know, we've um, in the past, we've held uh, benefit concerts, um, raising uh, benefits for the ACLU. We've raised over $30,000 um, for ACLU and Planned Parenthood combined. And when we did the Planned Parenthood benefit, we had like people emailing us saying you've lost followers. Um, I had members of my own family upset. Um, we just had a lot of backlash, but we just kind of let it go. Um, we had actually, there was a friend of mine that had messaged me and she was like, we see, I see some of the comments and she was like, just so you know, for every follower you're losing, you're gaining like five, you're gaining way more. And she said, you are, you guys are doing the right thing. You're reaching more people. Do not let um, the backlash get you. And so ultimately I'm going to just keep moving forward with love and what I believe is right and not let it. Not let yes. it get to you. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And it's tough. It's very tough. I know, I know yeah. I will probably get backlash when this podcast airs. I don't care. I've gotten to the point where, you know, I'm 57 years old. I'm like, you know, fuck you. I don't really care. <laughs> most part, I don't care. Because to me, everyone has the right to live their life their way. Mm. Provided, and here's the caveat, that that life that you're living doesn't directly hurt or impact somebody else. And some people are going to say, well, that's the problem. It's impacting the Christians and all this. I'm like, no, no, no. That Christian person can go crawl in their bed at night and go to sleep. And what I do really has no effect on them living their day-to-day -day life. I'm talking about, it's got to literally hurt somebody physically. It's got to, you know, I don't buy into all this stuff. And so like you, I've learned to just like, let it go. I've also learned that nine times out of 10, and because I'm a coach and I work with people coming out of the closet and all this stuff. So I've been through it all. I've been through like the people who've been banished from their families, who've been kicked out of their churches, who've had to live on streets and all that stuff. One of the things that I know for sure in all that stuff that I've worked on, and you guys have probably experienced this in the music business too, is whatever somebody's saying is absolutely nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with themselves and something that you have done has pushed that little trigger that says, why can't I be more authentic? Why can't I have more impact in the world? Why can't I 
take a stand for this. It has nothing to do with us living our lives the way we're living them. John, anything you want to add to that? He's in deep thought, folks. I just want you to know we're like about to lose John here because he's in such deep thought. <laughs> no, I, I agree. Uh, there's a quote that I'm going to mangle um, that says, your, your opinion of me has absolutely nothing to do with me, essentially. Um, and yep. and I, I absolutely love that. I, I think that being authentic is even so different sometimes than self-identifying, you know, even who you are, because one is the first step in the process and the other is a hundred down the road. Um, being, being authentic and being proud and being true to yourself is such a practice. And it is because we are living in the times that we do that I think people have become so vocal, but it is because we are attempting to preserve that authenticity to say you can walk down any street in America and be authentic. And I think that that is, that's what's at stake. And that is essentially what we fight for uh, in, as, a, as a group. So since you brought that up, I've had this conversation a couple of times with some people and then I finally just decided I'm going to give up and not even try. <clears throat> I've had people say, well, that's why we like Trump. That's, because he's just authentically who he is. I don't see it that way. I see him being, yes, okay, he is who he is, but every day it changes. Of course. Well, yeah, I guess if he's a chameleon, then he is a very authentic chameleon. Right. Um, but no, he has a narrative of, of his truth that he has sold to the American public. And that is the being a successful millionaire. And this week, what's it coming out? $400 million in debt to companies that we don't know. So policy being shaped in the, over the next four years, if he were to be reelected, who would he be owing his allegiances to? And where would those contracts, government or international relations, like all of it could be affected by those, by those debts that he wants to clear himself of. Um, it is so much of what he is, is, inauthentic and that is saying i'm the first pro-gay president-elect once again just to return and reiterate it it is infuriating to me he is not pro-gay he isn't um, oh, he's the first president who's done so many firsts it's just amazing i mean you know it's just like every time he turns around i'm the first president to fully support black americans i'm the first president da 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 and it's like I love that you use the term authentic chameleon because that is probably the best description of who he is. <laughs> he is authentic, a chameleon. He changes every minute. You know, if somebody told him, yeah, yeah. If somebody told him he was gay, he'd probably say, okay, I'm gay now. Of course, we'd say, bye-bye, we don't need you. But, but then the next minute they'd say, well, you're probably bisexual. Okay, then I'm, but it's, it's that simple. He just, he crafts everything to whoever is his party or his base of the moment. His immediate yeah. audience, yeah. whoever he thinks is yeah. listening. Exactly, exactly. So let's turn to something a little happier, maybe. Woo! Okay. Ooh, here we go. <laughs> so the holidays are just around the corner. I'm not sure how I feel about that still right now. We will see. Um, <laughs> but you guys have something happening coming up around the holidays. So what is that for you? Uh, where are, are we just, just go this? for Okay, it. we're going for it. Okay, um, we're releasing a new original, our first Christmas original that John wrote um, last year, I think. Mm -hmm. But we're finally, finally recorded. It's called Snowfall. And it's just a sweet little duet. 
Um, that comes out December 4th. Um, we just did a little photo shoot yesterday for some promo photos for that. Mm. And I'm excited. I personally love Christmas. So I think it's hard to have an original song that's not like cheesy Christmas. Yeah. Jingle bells or something, but um, awesome. John did like the best job writing. Just it's beautiful. I can't wait for people to hear it. Cool. So, as kids, was this like a dream of both of yours to be singer, songwriters, performers, or did it come a little bit like teen life? Where where did this all show up for both of you? Um, I've been singing since I was three. I grew up singing with my family and we nice. sang and recorded albums and um, my brothers uh, I grew up singing in church actually and both my brothers are still worship pastors and I'm the only one that kind of went down to LA and I studied music and then I just I knew that I wanted it as a career but I didn't know what it was going to look like and I just kept accepting all these gigs until it became a paid full-time thing um, so I became a backup singer uh, session vocalist um, and then I met John just doing a top 40 gig and we hit it off and he had all these songs and it's like, let's, let's record awesome. them. And then Times was born. And I didn't know that I wanted to do the original project thing, but I, this is exactly, if I was going to, this is the way that I would have always wanted to do it. Nice. John. So I'm sure that you have been following things and the latest sort of company line coming out of the White House is do something else. Uh, this whole idea that if you're out of work, which we as musicians very much are because of uh, coronavirus, um, COVID-19, we are, we, I've actually gone down the road of exploring do something else. I have a degree in English and actually thought, you know what, well, maybe it's time that I do copywriting or I do something like that. Um, but my resume, of course, is all music. So it's very, it's very challenging to go up against the millions of unemployed Americans and do something else right now, even if you have a bachelor's degree in this, in this, in the, you know, area of study. My, <laughs> so to that end, did I always see myself as a singer songwriter? Well, you know what? It's come hell or high water. I don't think I have any choice. This is what I do. And <laughs> this is, this is the thing that I am going to either, you know, make it or break it. And this is, this is the path that I'm on. So it is something I have always wanted to do. And more recently to drive home that point it is something that I have discovered is my, is my calling in life. There is no, there's no other road for me. This is the way that it, that I go forward. It's awesome. Good, good, good stuff. So it's interesting as, as both of you answered that question, of course, this is like life uncloseted about closet stories. It's interesting to see that both of you kind of came out of your closets in different spaces. Ashley, you've been coming out of this closet to be a performer singer pretty much since you were three, mm -hmm. but John, you're kind of like, okay, this is happening. And now I'm finally owning it. And what I find so powerful about both those stories and when I work with people and they say, well, how do I do this? How do I, you know, come out and be myself? My answer is always the same. Own it. Just fucking own it. Because if you can't own it, if you can't own that you have just written a powerful song standing up to the current administration and establishment, you're not going to be able to take the criticism. You're not going to be able to embrace the accolades when they come forward because you're not owning it. And to anybody who's listening right now, if you can't own that you're going to stand in the face 
of what we're going through right now. And you're going to go cast that vote, whether it's mail-in or ballot or stand there in line, and you're going to own that this no longer can happen. Then it's on you. It's not on anybody else. And part of the power of coming out of closets, in my personal opinion, is allowing ourselves to give ourselves permission and to own who we truly are. And I think that Ashley and John have just really shown it by saying, this is how we show up. This is what we're here to do. So I'm done with you guys. You can leave now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, any last minute things you'd love to share with the audience? Like anything to inspire or anything you want to share? Like what you're having for dinner tonight? I don't care. Anything that you feel compelled <laughs> to talk about? I mean, it's just, it's been great talking to you. And thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing and bringing this simple anthem of a song to life. I hope it does amazing things in so many ways, but especially for the two of you. But any advice either one of you'd love to leave the audience with before we sashay away? I'm going to be, I'm going to just, you know, this is the election edition of your podcast. I'm just going to say vote. If you're listening right now, you got to do it. I thank you for listening. I, I know so many people when you're young and it's your first election, it's the first time you're ever paying attention to politics. It can seem like, ah, oh, you know, I'll get it next time. No, 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 <laughs> nope, 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 nope. Vote, <laughs> vote this time, vote well, this guy out. And no better words than yes, vote this time. Cause who knows, there may not be a next time if we don't do this this time. It could be that crazy folks. And I'm not, I don't want to do all doomsday and everything, but we don't know, but I'm not putting anything past this administration at this point. They're already trying to suppress votes. They're already trying to put ballot boxes out in California that aren't really ballot official ballot. Like they will go to no ends right now for whatever reason to keep crazy man in the white house. So um, again, both of you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing and being part of the life uncloseted podcast. It's been amazing to get to know you both. Well, thank you, Rick. We're so proud to be part of this and, and thank you for having us. Mm Hey, 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 Life Uncloseted family, another episode of Life Uncloseted has come to an end and it is time for all of us to sashay away and go face our fears, make those bold moves and stand up to living our life without apology. But before you do, I've got a favor to ask of you. Would you hop over to iTunes or Spotify or Podbean or wherever it is that you're listening to this and just give us a little bit of love if you like what we're doing here at Life Uncloseted. Here's what it does. It helps other people find the show. It helps other people get to know what we're all about. And you just might help change life. In fact, if you really want to change a life, we'd love it if you just ask a friend to take a listen and see what they think. So that's it. Love you all deeply. I'm Rick Clemens, the host of Life Uncloseted. And never stop stepping out, stepping up, and stepping in to living your life uncloseted.